Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, I'm a sales coach and speaker. I work with entrepreneurs, business owners and coaches in making them feel more comfortable and confident in how they position themselves and sell in their own natural way to their customers. I also work with a variety of individuals in the world of sales, from those just starting out their career to those working from an exec or director level. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. The site is www.mindfultalent.coach forward slash not another sales. That's www.mindfultalent.coach forward slash not another sales. And now on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by award-winning author, host, and speaker, Dr. Karen Louise. And Karen and I are going to be talking all about the power of gratitude. We're going to be defining what we mean by gratitude, how it can help us both in life and in business, and how you can begin to focus and practice gratitude in a more consistent and effective manner. Karen's also going to be sharing her story, including how she transferred her pain into her purpose and how she believes anyone can break their own internal narratives for the better. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Karen, welcome. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Love it. I love it. It's a be- I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out of Atlanta and it's beautiful here. We're just starting fall and it's about um, uh, 70 degrees outside right now. So I couldn't be happier. Lovely, lovely. Well, we're just about approaching our uh, British winter. It's been a bit late this year, but uh, but yeah, we're all expecting it. So we don't mind a bit of cold in this country. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> uh, so, so Karen, for, for those tuning in, for the listeners who aren't too familiar in terms of your backstory and who you are it'd be great to start off by giving them a bit of a an insight into into you really yeah I'd be happy to um I you'll hear my I'm a southern accent I live in Atlanta and um, I was born and raised here and I um what makes me I think is super unique is I um have just this journey of coming out of um a lot of and forgive you may hear my dog barking in the background I'm I, I'm I'm podcasting from home today um I come from um a background where um my mother had been through several marriages and I've actually been through to myself which I actually um now use to help other people specifically women um, with their life path. I've actually had five last names because of all the marriages. And this last one, I moved my middle name, which is Louise, up to my last name and um, got rid of everything else that, um, I don't know, that just wasn't really serving me anymore. And so that's something I'm super proud of. It was a journey for me, but 
Um, in the story that used to bring a lot of shame for me, I now have harnessed it and it really speaks to my purpose and my calling in the work that I do. And, um, you know, we all have our story. And so for me, you know, when I got divorced the first time I was dealing with, um, just a pretty severe depression, to be honest. And, um, uh, faith and counseling saved me. And I ended up going back to school because I believed in therapy so much. And, I went and got my master's and I never really thought that I was that smart. And uh, I ended up being pretty smart and I really enjoyed it. So I found this calling, um, you know, I was probably around in my coming into my thirties when this happened and I ended up really um, shaking off a lot of the negativity that I had really been attached to. And I started exploring who I was going to become. And again, this is the work that I do with people. I really um, love, love helping people break their old narratives and come into a place of transformation. And I kept going and I went and got my doctorate. And next thing I knew, I was like sitting in a PhD program and I was shocked I got in, but I found this side of myself that was very... um, uh, uh, clinically driven and very uh, research-based driven. So I had this beautiful experience. I, it took me 10 years to get my doctorate because in the meantime, I had gotten into another relationship, got married and had three children, one who was born really medically fragile. So I had this other long journey, but um, because of all the life, you know, we, we tend to think our life's going to go from point A to point B, right? Like the straight mm. line and it never, ever, ever does. <laughs> so I found myself um, later um, divorced again, now very happily divorced and autonomous and single. And really, um, I wrote a book in the meantime called The Fatherless Daughter Project, which dealt with a lot of the issues that I had really um, learned to overcome. And now I'm working on my second book called Gravity, which I'm taking my pain and turning into purpose. It's about life falling apart and kind of finding your, um, rediscovering your gifts and and putting life back together again on a whole different level. And so now I've, um, I'm in my mid forties and I am the happiest I've ever been because I've worked really hard and really happily on letting go of the things that were really holding me back. I still struggle. I still have days of course, where I don't know if all this is going to work out and I just keep going back to trust and flow. And, um, I'm just super inspired by the work I get to do now. And, and honest to God, like I wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, yeah. thank you so much for sharing all you're, of that. It's, you're welcome. It's, it's quite a journey you've, you've been on and, and are still on. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people tuning into, into this episode can definitely relate to that. And I'd love to explore a few more of the things you mentioned there about you know, turning the story that used to shame you into something more positive and that pain into purpose. And I love what you said there about um, what you do with people is break their own narratives. I've written mm-hmm. that down. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I might mm-hmm. utilize that and, and, uh, mm. and definitely quote you, of course, from it. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, so, you know, what, what we're talking about today around this, this power of gratitude, it's the reason why, and when we, when we initially spoke last week, I wanted to kind of potentially focus on something like this was, for me, my podcast series has always been the kind of a golden thread throughout has been the mindfulness of focusing on your mindset and your behaviors and the habits rather than just the practicality of it. And gratitude mm-hmm. is kind of something that's come up throughout. And having initially uh, stumbled across you through Lewis Howes and then following you and seeing what you talked about, I felt like you were kind of living and breathing this element of showcasing what gratitude can really do. And, and what you've just mentioned there highlights it probably in a number of different ways in terms of how you've utilized it. So from, from your perspective, when you hear the word gratitude, what does it, what does it mean to you? What do we mean by it? Oh, thank you for all of that. Um, and I take all of it in. Um, 
you know, gratitude, I think, is finding a way to let go of the weight of old pain and finding a way, you know, we can be grateful for things that are beautiful and wonderful. And that's one layer. And every day, like I have three, I'm a single mom of three kids now on the way to school, we talk about the things we're grateful for from our pets to the rain that's falling to the beautiful color of the sky that morning. So beautiful things are easy to be grateful for. And that's something that should be a daily practice the easiest way to do it. But then the other layer to it, I think, is finding gratitude. The image I'm getting is like, they put these um, heavy weights on you and like threaten to pull you under, right? Like these old narratives that we get um, embedded into our psyche that maybe um, it's usually our parents or it could be someone in the community or a teacher or a sibling, whoever it is that maybe made us feel not good enough. Um, And when you're young, you don't know how to disallow that, right? Like you're not, Mm -hmm. you haven't built your resilience yet, but as we get older and like, I love what you're doing because we talk about mindset and the most empowering thing that I have learned in the past decade, um, studying law of attraction and mindset. And I've learned that, um, you know, even though I'm a clinically trained therapist that, you know, was trained to do therapy with people for like, you know, five, 10 years, maybe. I mean, and I can do that with people if I want, I mean, if they want it and need it, but to be honest, now barring, I don't, I'm not talking about trauma or, or heavy grief, but I'm talking about, you know, narratives that have just been embedded in our psyche that we've held on to for years and years and years. We honestly can let go of them at any time. Like it doesn't take, uh, it doesn't take days and weeks. I mean, we have to practice it, but then as we get into gratitude and we're, when we're able to release them, you know, my, my um, coach told me one day, she's like, I just got this message that said, fear is held in the hand. Therefore it can be released at any time. And I love that. It's like at any moment we can release these things that cause fear and setbacks. And then as we grow and as we find that healing, the beautiful place, like, you know, you are in a place of a forward movement and healing when you can look back and actually say, you know what? I'm so grateful that I went through that because if I hadn't gone through that, I would never be the complex, brilliant, unique person that I am now. I would never appreciate you know, Mm -hmm. what I have now it's, and it's, I mean, we all have stories. I have a million of them. Everybody has stories right now that are coming up in their mind. And it's like, it's usually relationship-based. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it was losing a loved one. But once you get through that initial trauma and grief of, of the, of the experience, and you can look back as an observer and find the nuggets of growth because it always, always pushes you to growth. Always. If you choose, you can choose to go underground and underwater. And we usually do for a little while. But once you're able to step back from the experience and become the observer and you can see how much you've grown, like that is the sweet spot. So to me, that's the, the golden nugget of gratitude. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned there, and for me, that's one of the first things that pops to my mind is it gives us perspective when we when we're practicing gratitude and and reflecting on it, it, it allows us to put us in that state of reflection of it's easy in this world, in this day and age, particularly with social media and technology evolving is to feel, you know, you're not like everyone else or you're, you're running behind everyone else. But what gratitude is all about is recognizing, you know, what you've got already. It's very easy to think of mm-hmm. all the things that we haven't got yet. And then it's not saying you shouldn't strive for more, but it's about being grateful for where you are at the same time and where you've come from. 
I love that you said that, Chris, because it's, you know, we've, you may or may not, on your, all your um, listeners heard of that, the imposter syndrome. It's a pretty popular um, a word that we put on identifying what you're talking about, which is that we feel like we don't bring enough to the table. Mm-hmm. We feel like we're imposters in our jobs. And we, you know, and I'm a part of like you referenced of this Lewis House mastermind group. And um, Lewis, of course, is, is amazing. And I'm with all these amazing entrepreneurs, um, all of which <laughs> um, have more followers on, on Instagram and probably make more money than me. But, you know, it's, it's, but I know so me breaking through into that group, like that specific experience for me um, and being welcomed into it was me really owning like my, my gifts that may not show up as numbers or, you know, whatever way that culture may tell us, or, or we may tell us, our ego may tell us shows our value. I'm like, I had to, I sat down and got very clear that application process and that, that trying to get into that group that I really felt I wanted to be in, um, took me really getting in and kind of unearthing what is so good about you, Karin? Like why? And, and for everyone listening, you have something to offer that no one else has. Every one of us has something to teach another person. We all have superpowers. It may not show up, you know, in revenue or numbers or, or whatever we use to equate, you know, culturally, um, success, but like, well, actually what I said to Lewis was I may not have the, the capital that everyone has here financially, but I, my, I said, um, it, if you look at spiritual capital, I'm a gazillionaire and I was really proud of, of that statement, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, but you know, it's true. Like I, I feel like I bring the spiritual side um, of myself because I had an awakening and I, I recognize the importance of spiritual connection and heart connection and, and intuition. And um, of course, gratitude's in there. And, and I, I can walk into a room and have such assuredness and help people find that in themselves. And, you know, that that's where the heart is in business. So, um, you know, I want for everyone and everyone that's listening, it's like, you have something that no one else has. You do just because, and even if someone else is in the same line of work and is focused on similar things, like you and I are, you're still going to say it in a different way, right? You're still going to walk in with, with different imagination points and different inspiration because of your story. So you have something. And when you own that and step into your greatness, even if you're just dealing with, you know, a, a class of 25 people in your community, and you can still be great with those amazing 25 people. Um, yeah. and, and when you own that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's where the beauty is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's a few things you've, you mentioned that I really resonate with it, particularly about people who, when you mentioned about, you might not, for example, in the mastermind, you're in be up to the level where people are financially, but people need to go beyond that. And when you're looking to become great and when you're looking at gratitude, it's not judging things by numbers. And again, going back to the social media aspect, it's very easy to judge success by likes, comments, followers these mm-hmm. days, but it all comes down to you as a human being. What are you doing? What value are you bringing? Because it might not be something you see initially, but if you stay true to your core and your superpower, as you mentioned, then you can create a life around which you can command a fee for. Like Alan Watts talks about this in that, you know, if you took money off the table, what would you do? And it's been never mm-hmm. been easier than before to go and do something that you love and you enjoy and then create a career, create a business, create a lifestyle around that. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, it is amazing that you that you really can now more than ever. I mean, it's it, I mean, I work from home. I don't have to go into an office and I mean, you know, I can do calls just on, you know, the way we're doing or on Zoom. I mean, it's really the resources that we have right now. It's really and talk about gratitude, Chris. I mean, seriously, mm. how grateful 
are we to live in a time right now where we have access and, and it's mostly free, right? To all of these yeah. resources and apps where you can communicate and highlight yourself and position yourself on social media or wh- whatever, wherever you want to one-on-one with clients. And um, you're right. Like what a great place to start, like to be grateful that that is there <laughs> waiting yeah. for us. Yeah. And I talked about this. Um, I spoke with a, a guy called Quentin Allums on a separate podcast and we were talking about the power of sharing your story and one of the things that came up mm-hmm. was around social media and, and going from this kind of grateful lens is that it's very easy these days to attach all our challenges and blame things on social media or you know kids should be spending less time on it we should be spending less time on our phones and it's be grateful for this tool that allows someone to for example if someone is feeling alone in the world they used to if they weren't wasn't anybody in their community feel that way but now they can find communities online they can find groups they can find people who they aspire to be easier just one google search away so isn't that something to be truly mm-hmm. grateful for it is you now i think um this goes back to the mindset piece and um this is also ties into a lot of things that law of attraction teaches and i think you know it, it's the way that you decide to feel about it okay mm-hmm. so like i'll be in many groups where people will you know of course social media we all want to be connected and so like i have three kids and there's a lot of negative um you know conversation around how much time they're spending on you know games and whatever social media and um there can be a flip side where i'm like you know i actually watch my son have a community he plays fortnite and i mean i, I do watch him but you know what like he has this community of kids that he connects with and I mean, there is a limit to the time that he spends on, but I'm like, I, I look at it a different way. I'm like, he, and he also gets to be a leader when he's in there. And I'm like, how amazing that he gets to do this mm. and play in real time with people. And, and, you know, have, and people have different opinions about that, but you know, that's, that's the way that I choose to energetically um, feel and, and communicate about it. So I keep the energy and the, um, the mindset around it really positive. Um, and then social media, I agree. Like you're talking about, um, to me, it's like the same thing. Like if it's making you feel bad, like if he was going on that and fighting a lot, or if I saw his behavior change and, and there was a negative experiences coming out of it, or if you're on social media and I mean, I do this, there are many days when I'm like obsessed if I got more followers today or, and I find myself like checking and rechecking and checking. And then I stop and I'm like, the, the more I'm pushing, the more negative emotion is going out into the world, into the universe, into my social media channel. And the more you push, the more you're not going to get what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just believe that because of law of attraction. So instead, I pull back. Like, I mean, I've had to do that this week. Um, I hired a social media person and there's just kind of a, I'm feeling this pressure I'm putting on for the numbers to go up. And I've had to, and this is happening right now, uh, to pull back and do what you're saying, which is, okay. I'm not going to be attached to the outcome of these numbers because when I'm attached to that, I'm relying on that for my happiness, my gratitude, my feeling of worthiness. Instead, I pull back, I throw my hands up and I'm like, universe, like I'm giving this to you. I'm doing what I can over here. Instead, I want to use this as a place where I'm really enjoying engagement, where I can see beautiful pictures, where I can have access like you and I on this podcast, where I can have access to amazing people that make me feel expansive. And when you focus on that, the other things will naturally flow to you. So I'm a, I'm just a big believer in shifting mindset. And I don't think that it's all bad either, Chris. I totally agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. And on the topic of shifting mindset, um, there's something that Tony Robbins talks about. and he, he mentions that the two biggest negative emotions that get in the way of us functioning or being successful are anger and fear. And when mm-hmm. we're in a state of gratitude, we can't be angry at the same time we're grateful. and We can't be fearful at the same time we're grateful. But so this element of gratitude and whether this is journaling at the start of or end of a day or spending 20 minutes just writing down everything you're grateful for it. If 
by going into that state, it overcomes those those emotions. And it's great for when people are feeling like this to go, do you know what? I'm going to go to that space because that will overpower how I'm feeling or my perception of how I'm feeling. I love that. Gosh, I was listening to someone this morning and um, uh, Esther Hicks talks about this too um, in reference to like um, traffic. Mm-hmm. And this is very relatable to everyone. Like, and I love this and I practice it all the time. She's, um, the, first of all, the one person I was listening to this morning, which I can't remember who it was, but he was saying, don't forget when you're in the traffic and you're mad at the traffic, you actually are part of the traffic. Like you're in it. Okay. So let's pull back from how angry you are. Secondly, if you can shift yourself being angry, at everyone else recognize that you're in this beautiful flow. And so here's the flip. Oh my gosh, how amazing is it to be alive at this time where we can pretty much get any car that we want and look at all these highways and byways and we have all these ways of transportation and we can stop and get gas and we can communicate and and, and take, you know, these vehicles to where we need to go and look at all these people energetically moving and and the productivity and the, I mean I'm getting chills just saying this right now but you, they call it a rampage of appreciation like if you can shift in those moments to just taking a deep breath because you can't control, right, the traffic. And just being like, wow, like how beautiful. And look at those trucks that are creating these buildings and look at those cranes and pulling back and looking at the world around you instead of focusing on the standstill and literally flowing into a rampage of appreciation about the beauty and productivity that is happening in the world around you. It completely changes everything. So I just, I love that story. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, definitely, definitely can relate to that. It's something that I've been more oh, yeah. mindful of you know particularly on london underground every day on the trains and oh, yeah. it stops and it's five ten minutes it's like well you've got a decision here you can either be frustrated by this or angry by this but that's not going to get you any anywhere quicker or you can reflect right. on it and think do you know what i've got five ten minutes now for me i'm going to write a blog while i'm here or i'm going to listen to a song or i'm going to you know think of a different podcast topic like well, how can i use that time constructively rather than just being pent up angry emotion that isn't going to benefit me or anyone around me i agree with you and you know what i mean cuz it's not only not benefiting you but it's actually harming you i mm. mean the initial frustration is normal i mean you don't ever beat yourself up for getting frustrated but when you're holding like you said that anger what you're you're releasing cortisol and if you're if you're holding it continuously and you're getting angry um, over and over and over, the cortisol that's released in your body is actually lowering your immune system. And the more you sit in that, your body goes into um, a state of like constant, um, it, it's already, it's just waiting to be angry again, right? Mm-hmm. And you're you're lowering your ability to fight off illness. It's actually really bad for your health, like scientifically, I mean, bad for you. So by shifting, like you said, the first thing you can do, I'm gonna do it right now. If you just take a deep breath, like simply put, like this is the easiest thing. If you can just literally take a five second in or three second in, five to three seconds out, very purposeful breath, and then do it again, you immediately will lower your metabolism and tell your body to calm. If you can just remember that in those moments, you will physically change your metabolism and you can focus, like you said, on something that switches to, you know, the productive, or maybe it's just being mindful and listening to your breath and just focusing on feeling your body in the seat or whatever, you know, it is that you need in that moment. But um, when you shift the mindset, you teach your body to stop going into that fight or flight cortisol release and you actually improve your health over time. Mm. So there's my, there's my doctor, um, doctor's orders. Love it. <laughs> Love it. And going back to your example of when you're stuck in traffic um, and, and looking at the flip side about, isn't it great being able to be in cars and go anywhere we want is that, a lot of the limitations that we believe to be true are ones that we hold in our minds more than ones that are actually governed 
in the kind of everyday life in that when you actually mm-hmm. speak to people about what stops them from doing these things you've got a car going anywhere it's more the limitations they put in their mind rather than these rules that are, that are out there and i think it's people mm-hmm. just becoming more mindful of that and what gratitude allows i believe as well is is to realize what you're what you're capable of because it's constantly reflecting on what you've got what you have and putting some perspective around it that makes you feel like actually i love i love doing this i love doing that well, how do i spend more time doing this and focusing on this rather than all the stuff that i don't have yeah i love that you're touching on that because i mean my simple prescription for this for people is around language and um, I agree, like we have these limits. So the words that define our limits that come out of our mouth or that show up in our mind are the words I can't or I'm not, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime you start a sentence with I or I am or I am not, you are telling yourself and telling the universe what, like you're predicting and putting in stone what you are. So if you're continuously saying, um, like I was, re- like a lot of women, I'm not good at math or men, I'm not just, or, I mean, that's just a typical gender-based thing that we sometimes get taught because of culture, which I was, I'm, I'll speak for myself. So I have like my kids now are studying math and I found myself saying, you know, I'm just not good at math. And I stopped myself because I've learned this um, in my practice. And I say, you know what, I am really getting better at this. And I'm going to sit down and, and learn more about what you're doing because you know, I'm actually getting better at math. Or if you say, um, you know, I'm not good at talking in front of people, you switch it to say, I'm getting so much better at talking in front of people. My comfort level is getting stronger and stronger. So I would just encourage people to listen to what you're saying. When you use the words, I am, that's Mm -hmm. one of the most powerful statements that you can make. So even if you feel like you're not there yet, um, so if you're, you know, I'm, I'm not very organized. That's another big one that people have a, can have a tough time with. Instead, you say, I'm getting so much better at getting organized. And I know I'm going to find ways to feel stronger in this, in this way and feel more organized in my life. Like just that simple switch that instead of saying I'm not, that's a standstill, right? Like that's a block. Mm -hmm. But if you can say, like I am, if you can use language that creates a fluid movement, in other words, I'm on my way to that. I am getting better. That opens the gates in your mind and in your life to say the universe, hey, bring me ways, you know, or whatever your faith is, God, or I mean, or, or if you're just finding on your own, you can ask that those things be brought to you instead of saying like, I'm not, because when you're doing that, you're actually blocking it. So I would encourage people, that's a really simple thing to do. But to me, it opens up thing that I'm like so passionate about, which is life flow. And when we are easier on ourselves and easier with our words, you open up so much more flow in your life. And life is supposed to be full of flow and fluidity and ease. It's not supposed to be hard. It's not, it's supposed to be really fun to be honest. Mm, Absolutely. And and to add to your point about language and what we use, and I won't go into too much detail because I've kind of covered this on a couple of other episodes, but our brains are using that to do a bit like a Google search engine and whatever you type into that, they'll go looking for the answers. So as you say, if you're telling yep. yourself constantly, I'm not good with numbers, I can't do this, I can't do that. It's going to go and look for all the evidence to kind of back that up and go, yeah, do you remember that time when you, 10 years ago, when you forgot, you know, how to do this sum or when you were in school and you got embarrassed and so on and all this stuff to go, see, look, proved it. So it's turning it from statements into, into questions as well sometimes. So rather than, I'm not good with numbers is how can I be better with numbers? Because then what your brain mm-hmm. starts to do, it starts to create these kind of, if you start creating those questions, it starts looking for the answers and ways in which you can become more proactive towards your challenges rather than just reactive as to when they come up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And often, you know, this is because someone told us that, right? Like mm. one teacher, you know, that one teacher in third grade that said something that they didn't realize was going to change your entire life and it got embedded. And, and you're right. Like, um, it's, uh, like I've never been great with names. So here, I just said that. So I've always had this issue where I, and so I just accepted that I'm just not good with names. And this past two years, as I've learned that the, the power of language, I can feel myself about to say that. And I was, and I never, I, I don't ever, I just said it just now, but I will not allow myself to say that in public now. Instead, I always say, you know what, I'm really working at getting better with names, you know, tell mm. me your name again. And so, like you said, when you do that, you're opening, you're changing. Like you said, it's like a Google search. It's a highway that that's been um, laid out. Like, and, and we can, I mean, they've shown you can change the neuro, the um the pathways in your mind yeah. and when you like you said when you use that language you're intercepting that freeway or that google search um direction and you're opening up another pathway to go left instead of right so mm. I, it, that is that can change everything for people yeah absolutely because our brains are, don't know the difference between reality and and, and what we're what we're telling them it's like why we get scared right. when we're watching a horror film or when we watch wear 3d glasses or dreams is because that whatever we're putting into our brain it believes to be reality and, and real so it's thinking about those positive affirmations, those positive statements and those positive questions to start creating that reality in your head that will then play out in, in uh, everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, I, I've loved getting on this because I think it's a, a very simple way that people can practice their own, I mean, therapy, if you will, but their own growth, their own change of mindset, their own um, emotional um, a strength building. And it, it literally, I mean, I, I can't even, it's, it's made such a difference for me that using my language, because like you said, you're, you can undo those things that you thought were, were in concrete. I mean, nothing, Chris, nothing is in concrete, nothing. I mean, I mean, you can literally change anything about yourself. You know, Joe Dispenza even goes on and talks about how you can, you know, physically, you know, heal your body through thought. I mean, there's so much power that we've learned that changing the way that you speak and think can influence your, the outcomes of your life. And if people would just pay attention, so everyone that's listening, they're all going to catch themselves in the next day or two saying things they always say, which criticize themselves. And I can't wait. We're, we're not going to know the ripple effect of this conversation, but I will promise you that everyone that's hearing this, that's ready to make this shift, that it's going to make, it's going to create change in their lives because it is simple and it is easy, but it is so powerful. Mm. Absolutely. And and other than that, have you got any other suggestions or, or what you share when you're working with people on how people can practice or focus more on this, this element of gratitude? Um, you know, I think the daily practice, I mean, we all hear this, it almost becomes rhetoric, but, you know, I just came back from um, the Lewis House Summit of Greatness and Dr. Tarari Trent, who's this um, Zimbabwe-born woman who conquered like so many setbacks, got her PhD, came to America with four kids and ate basically the trash food behind supermarkets to survive and still got her PhD. Um, she talked about the power though of your morning ritual. And when I came back from that um, summit, which was now, I don't know, maybe gosh, three to four weeks ago, I've been doing it. I've made it a non-negotiable in my life and now I'm doing it every morning and that can look however it looks for everybody. And I can't stress the importance of this. Sometimes for me, it's only 30 seconds. My goal is that it's, you know, 10 minutes, but I have, like, I have a little prayer cushion I sit on. I actually have a mirror, a, a full length mirror that I sit in front of. I start it by looking at myself and I tell myself, I love you. 
And I look in the mirror and I, I say it a couple of times until I know that I'm hearing it. And that's a whole nother podcast about self-love, but that's part of my practice. And then I go into meditation or prayer and I put on a song that feels really good to me, like an inspirational song. And um, I'll just go into um, mindful meditation. So that's mine. And I'll do yoga stretching. I can't even tell you the amount of appreciation, the amount of gratitude that I feel during the day, the amount of calmness, the amount of humor, the amount of lightness that shifts in my day because of even if it's just three minutes, it, it has an impact on my entire day. Mm. And instead of seeing it, I mean, I, I can't stress the importance of it enough because I mean, here I am a PhD trained therapist. I specialize in meditation. I teach them all the time. I wasn't doing it. Like I would squeeze it in, but this message hit me so strongly because this woman was so powerful, Dr. Trent. And, um, I've made a commitment to doing it and I'm just saying it has changed everything. So now with my clients, I'm really particular with them about, and even if you forget it in the morning, it can be an afternoon ritual. It doesn't have to be morning. Just when you remember, like sometimes I remember when I'm curling my hair and I'll stop, I'll put the curling iron down and I'll place my hands on the counter. You know, I, maybe I only have 30 seconds. I take that deep breath and I always, I ask the divine, I ask that, um, that the universe speaks to me and through me. And I ask that I'm being guided that day. And then I'll always name some things that I'm grateful for, because I know that when I express gratitude for things in relationships or with my family or with my job, I will attract more of the energy around that into my life. And I'll tell you, it, it it's, it's made all the difference. I mean, I'm happier than I've ever been. I mean, I'm older than I've ever been, but I think I look younger than I've ever looked. And it is around finding gratitude, finding mindful practice, and around really releasing all these negative um, narratives that held me back for too long. I'm mm. just saying it changes everything. Yeah. Can you tell I'm passionate about this? I can. I can. It's, it's oozing <laughs> through the podcast. Yes, it works. <laughs> uh, and you can even tell, as I mentioned at the start, from you know just tuning into your, your Instagram posts, your stories, your videos, you can just feel that that passion and that purpose of what you have. And I think that's clearly why people resonate with you, such as Lewis and people that work with you, because they can just tell. And that's such a, mm, thank you. Such a great position to be in, because obviously you're, you're loving and living what you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a really thank you. That's, that's a, I received that. That's a beautiful testament because I wasn't always like that. And I used to be just I used to have a lot of rigidity to myself because I was dealing with just a lot of, of anger, like you talked about, and pain and fear and all that stuff. And um, I look back at pictures of myself or videos of myself, like, mm. you know, 20 years ago when I was in my 20s and I had so much I needed to let go of. And I, I can see it in my face. And now it's just like, I i mean, I have bad days, don't get me wrong. I have moments, you know, I still cry and I still have those times which are necessary, you know, to reflect on life sometimes to, um, you know, to feel that come, come and go. But I really am like the happiest. I've, I mean, I'm, it's not a, a show. Like I really am. And it's, it's because I have found all the things we're talking about. And I have so much appreciation, even if things aren't going the way that I thought they were going to go that day. I mean, I just lean back and I trust. I trust that the universe has my back. I trust that God has my back. I trust that my intuition is guiding me and that when I look back in five years, it's going to all make perfect sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, you shared your story and your journey of what you've been on so far in your life and in your career. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself along that, that journey? Um, oh my gosh, the biggest thing I've learned about myself is the is the intuition piece. And I think um, it's one of the most, you know, we're not really taught. I think now it's becoming part of um, common language. Uh, we're recognizing it more, but 
um, I wasn't raised to really listen to myself. And, you know, we have this kind of silencing as kids, or at least I did. Um, and most of the people I was raised with, especially as women, where we were kind of taught not to look inward and to like depend on everyone else and to always go and seek everyone else's opinions and to doubt yourself, right? Like I was raised with a very um, God lover. We're, we're best friends now, but my mom was very catastrophic growing up. Um, and so there was a lot of like worst case scenario thinking. And so I, I learned to kind of stuff the part of me that was passionate and, and eager and excited and happy go lucky because I was taught that the worst case scenario was imminent, you know, it was looming. And so what has happened over time as, as I've healed that and I've let go of my mom's narratives, which were hers, she was a German immigrant and came over right after the war. And she did have a lot of bad stuff happen in her life, really bad stuff. So she carried that mindset for a reason, right? Well, I'm not in that mindset now. And so the more I've let go of these um, ways of thinking that were taught to me, the more I've found this more fluid way of flowing with life. And the basis of it is my intuition. And that is, it's like my most passionate thing that I teach. And um, I found, I've remembered, because you know, when we're little, we actually all rely on our intuition and our self-government. I mean, we just do when we're, because we, we don't know to doubt it, right? Mm -hmm. We don't compare ourselves to others. We think that we're amazing. We love our bodies. We love our excitement. We love our dreams. We love to, I mean, we love everything about life and we know to do things that we love. We know to stay away from people we don't like. Like you, there's, you don't know to doubt yourself until you turn about seven or eight and you're kind of taught that you need to doubt yourself and compare yourself and all that. Um, what I love about this transformation is I, all of us, this, isn't, this is not just me, but I'll just share it for myself. I am so highly intuitive. We all are so highly intuitive because we have a very wise soul inside of us that's bringing divine um, guidance through us. I'm, I'm very spiritual. And so I have learned how powerful it is. Even if you don't believe in any religious, um, you know, you don't, you don't, tie yourself to any religious belief system, just to know that you have a source inside of you that is so powerful. Maybe it's tied to father sky or, or nature or whatever it is like you, if you could harness the initial intuitive thoughts that you have, the impulses that you have and follow them, like there's so much wise brilliance in that because that's your heart. That's your soul. That's the part of you that's lined up with who you truly are. So when you ask what I've learned about myself, I've learned to always, always, always follow it because you know what? It's actually always right. And I love knowing that. And I love teaching people that. So mm. that's, that's my other passionate, passionate side of life. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer of that as well in terms of following your intuition because once you start overthinking that intuition that's where all this kind of realistic logical aspect comes in even though realism is a certain degree of within itself that isn't you know if we all stayed within reality then we wouldn't actually evolve or anything wouldn't have actually happened in this world so it's actually about breaking through from that and and following that that intuition that kind of core feeling and that burning desire as, as you talked about we discussed around this passion of of what you want to do and you mentioned earlier when we first started speaking around turning your pain into your purpose and i love that and i had another guest of mine on uh, evan carmichael who talks about this as well is that and as you mm -hmm. said it's that quite often our purpose comes from our pain but it can only come from our pain when we actually make peace of it and actually yep. realize that you know everything that's happened to us in our lives we it might be traumatic at the time but we can be grateful for what it's taught us about ourselves what we've learned about ourselves as a result of how we've dealt with it and how we reacted to it and when you can do that mm -hmm. and you can create a purpose from it then that is 
you know, as, as I just said about yourself, you can really get people to resonate with you and buy into that because you're doing it with true intentions at the heart of it. Yeah. And, you know, when you do it, you, you just, you take, you just simply take your power back and, you know, it can be a long road, but um, like you mentioned before, I'm, I'm really big on energy and vibrational existence and all this. And I, you know, I don't want to speak over the heads of a lot of people, but, you know, we are vibrational creatures, right? So when you talked about Tony Robbins talking about anger and fear being kind of the lowest points, they measure like your vibrational uh, aura, you know, how, where you resonate when you, the, to the two lowest points you can resonate on are actually fear and shame. Mm. And so often when we have traumas, um, there, there can be shame around them or guilt. Okay. So guilt is another one. Guilt's right down there. Um, and there's always fear, right? Always. Oh my gosh. What if this happens again? Oh my gosh. You know, guilt. Why did I let that happen? Or why did I survive? And they didn't, or why did I like, I mean, whatever it is, right. That's like echoing, echoing guilt, fear, shame. When you're in guilt, fear, or shame, you're actually resonating on the vibrational scale around a 10, which is at the very, like, think of an inverted triangle. It's such at the bottom part of it. You cannot be productive imaginative in the flow when you're sitting at a 10 vibrationally all you can do is get give and get back anger guilt and shame right and so once you move up that you can move up even um having a perspective actually anger is a little bit higher up to be honest than guilt and shame guilt and shame is under it um actually when you get a little angry you're actually getting stronger but once you get up to the, the place of um understanding and observance and then peace and then eventually when that healing comes and you can find neutrality and gratitude and love and i'm with my hand right now i'm going up 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 higher higher and you picture that triangle opening up at the top end you're vibrating you're exuding an energy that gets up to let's say 150 um, leaders such as Jesus and Buddha resonated up about 200 kind of all the time because they were just higher beings. But like if you're getting up to a 150 to a 180 when you're in that ultimate level of healing and reflection and gratitude, Chris, you are you're operating at such a high vibrational energy that your imagination, your flow, your productivity, your love, your acceptance is so expanded that that is your sweet spot. Like that is where you can move mountains. That is where you can, your unique self can grow. So to have the goal, so recognizing for people, this is the key when you're feeling guilty or when you want to make someone else feel guilty. I mean, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your partner or ashamed. You're pulling everyone in the room down to the lowest vibrational place. Okay. Like that's the lowest you can be. Once you get up and you go to acceptance and gratitude, just know that you are actually, it's not only, it's not just a feeling you're actually expanded in a way that is going to better your life in every layer. I mean, it's, it's, it's science. I'm just saying it's also spirituality, but I love knowing that because when you know that, I think it gives you so much power because when you can shift and find your way up that ladder, you will see a payoff in every area of your life. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I'm using you. so many arm movements now. Yeah, you're welcome. I love it. I'm in the flow right now. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's really insightful and very interesting. And, well, you know, we've talked a lot around gratitude today, and this doesn't necessarily have to relate to the topic we've discussed, but is there anything else, any other tips that you want to share with the listeners tuning in that you feel that would benefit from them focusing on or practicing or doing? Um, you know, we hear it all the time, but making those lists, you know, is so important. I found that when I start to slip down the slippery slope, um, and I do this with clients, and it's it's almost always around relationships. It, this stuff tends to come up in our relationships um, or, or fear around work. 
stopping yourself from slipping down the slope of, oh my God, this isn't going to work out. Oh my God, I hate this about this person or I hate this about this experience. And, and you know, you'll, you'll start doing that. We all do. And once you feel yourself sliding, right? If you can catch yourself within a minute, okay? And this is actually shown too, um, as far as the power in shifting your thoughts. If you can harness yourself within a minute of having that negative slide and just stop and say, okay, all right, self, can I just find three, maybe five, maybe 10 things that I can be grateful for and think on it for over a minute, all right? If you can just shift and think of something, like say, um, let's say it's around a big breakup and the person really hurt you and you're, you're doing that slide again where you can feel yourself and your the cortisol is being released and your stomach's turned and you can stop, okay, self, oh gosh, I'm doing it again. Okay, it hasn't been a minute yet, all right. What did I like about that person? Okay, you know what? Um, we like the same kind of food and they actually were really funny and I got to go to Hawaii and I really liked the way I felt when we did this. Like anything that you can reach into that feels like something you can be grateful for. And if you can just sit now, you have there, we need to have some, um, I mean, there needs to be um, some, I mean, you're really feeling this, right? Not just pretending like mm. um, feeling this feeling of gratitude and just sitting in, yeah, but I can be thankful for this. And the next relationship or job or whatever it is that you're trying to shift around, you're saying to the universe, I'm grateful for these things. Therefore, when the next job or home or person comes into my life, these are the things that I want. I don't want the negative. So I'm going to stop focusing on that. But when I can be grateful and focus on these things I'm grateful for, what's beautiful to remember the power in that shift, if you can do it for over a minute, is you're sending out energy, you're sending out requests that you want more of that to come back to you. And so I just love letting people know how powerful their gratitude is. You're actually shifting what you're attracting mm. by sitting in the, in the piece of gratitude. Yeah. So just one minute, just one minute. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like right. 70 right. seconds. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Karen, for, you know, for, for that and for all your insights and your sharing your story and your journey. And, you know, for me, just, just being part of this podcast and speaking to you, it's really inspired me and given me some, some new ways of thinking about certain things. So thank you so much for that. Well, you're welcome. I just applaud you so much for um, bringing this back to gratitude um, consistently, because I think, you know, as you're saying this and your listeners are hearing it, what's beautiful is that they're going to go out into their lives. And like I said before, you may never see it. You likely will never see it. But the the influence that you're having on them and that I'm having on them, and then as they go out into their families and their jobs and their schools, you know, they're bringing that energy with them and they're practicing it and they're going to be influencing people and teaching people around them. And so I just applaud and celebrate and I'm grateful for, um, gosh, this beautiful, these seeds that you're sending out into the universe. So I, I applaud you as well. I thank you. I'm very honored to have been part of this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for those kind words. And for the listeners who are tuning in, who want to sort of stay up to date in your world and perhaps even reach out and, and share with you how this podcast has impacted them. How can they find you? Oh my gosh, I would love that. Um, so I am Instagram. So you can find me anywhere by just typing in Dr. Karn. And this is this is what you need to remember. Karn, it's, it's German. It's K-A-R-I-N. Um, on Instagram, you have to spell out the word doctor, Dr. Karn. Facebook, it's Dr. Karn. Um, and yeah, you can DM me there. And my website, again, it's drkarn.com. So I would love for people to find me and let me know um, their thoughts and um, comments. I, I love interacting with, with everybody. So thank you for that. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Karen. It's been a real pleasure uh, having you on the show. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Thank you so much. 
Hey people, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, not another sales guy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast. And also, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.